Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy Podcast. This is actually the Happy Half Hour, which is every other Friday. Maybe I should make this every Friday. I don't know why. I don't know why I did every other Friday, Emily. What's the, I, what? I don't know. I feel like every Friday would be a great idea. I love the Happy Half Hour. So Happy Half Hour every other Friday. And this, I'm your host, Jamie. And my guest week this week is Emily Freeman. Hi, Emily. Hi. So I did the happy half hour, which now I'm trying to talk myself into maybe doing it every week. But I did it to give people like a little extra dose of the happy hour. And it's fun to bring people back that have already been on the show like you. Love it. Love it. Love it. You were on episode 51, which seems like forever ago because just this week we had episode 98, which means we're close to 100. Wow. Do you have your 100th guest all lined up? Well, I want to do something fun and I need to get my act together because it's summer and summer is a hard time to have your act together, but it's the hundredth episode. <laughs> so I feel like it needs to be like grand. It feels like it needs to be, but you could always be like, I'm going to do that for the hundred and fifth. You know, like I, you could be different because it's my show. So I can do whatever I want. Right. I keep saying that I want one of those big cakes like they do, like when it's like a television <laughs> show's 100th episode, but that doesn't translate well over audio. I'm just afraid. Right. It's like on Friends, the 100th episode yes. is when like Phoebe had the, the the triplets and it was like this big deal. Oh, what can I do? Oh, it'll, I don't we'll know. We'll figure it out. Or maybe it will be happy 105th. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that, I think that's a great idea. Less pressure. <laughs> less, way less pressure. Way and less unexpected. Pressure. Yes, yes. Um, speaking of less pressure, the, um, Prep Dish is who is sponsoring these happy half hours. And if you need less pressure, you need Prep Dish in your life. So I'm going to tell you about it, Emily. Prep Dish is a meal planning service where the chef, Allison, will send you an email every week. Like I literally just got my email this week for week three, July, and I chose the paleo list. And so let me tell you what she's having me make this week. Chicken chopped salad, lemon parsley salmon with tomato, cucumber, and red onion salad. How summer does that sound? It sounds so grown up. You're like a legit adult. <laughs> I know. And then like chicken stir fry with portobello mushrooms. Now, I was telling someone about this the other day, and they're like, it seems too hard. Like, it's too much. Like, <laughs> when would I ever make like portobello mushrooms and bok choy and cauliflower rice? But I'm telling you, it's like fancy easy. That's what that's what makes it joyous. Is that it's so she, fancy easy? So they send you like the like what to do, like the instructions She's, of how to make it. Yeah, she sends you an email and you open it up. It's a little PDF and it tells you all your meals and then it gives you a grocery list. So you just walk through your grocery store, check everything off, and then you get home and you spend maybe like two hours prepping everything. So oh. everything's prepped and then on like. Wednesday night after you come home from the pool and you're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to make? You remember, I have bison strip steaks in the <laughs> fridge ready to cook. Bok choy. <laughs> Bok choy is ready. So it just makes life easy. I so that's it. Prep Dish. So if you go to prepdish.com slash happy hour, you get a super cool deal to start out. And I just think you should all try it because it's and a you, lot of fun. And you get to feel like a grown up. A big grown up. I mean, those are things that makes me, a, when I make anything that has the word bok choy in it, like... <laughs> Day done. Grown up <laughs> success, right? 
<laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, what what makes your day like? This isn't one of the questions, so I'm throwing this at you. In the summertime, when it's crazy, what equals like? Okay, our day was successful. Oh yeah, if we have dinner, I feel like the day is successful. <laughs> if it's anything besides snacks, yeah, like peanut butter and jelly. If it's like above a notch above that, then I feel like yes, that was like a great summer day. We made it. We made it. <laughs> um, summer for you? Do you? I, I think I've heard you talk about talk about this on your podcast, which I've told you before that I just adore. So you guys are doing a great job over there. Um, but. This summer, are you working or are you taking off? What does it look like for you? So summers, um, the past several years, I've realized that I wasn't doing summer right with my work life. And the the thrill of being my own kind of boss is that I get to decide. And so a couple summers ago, I realized like I'm going to decide to sort of take summers super slower. Wow, I didn't mean to alliterate all that. That's awesome. Because <laughs> you're an author. <laughs> impressing That's myself. Yes. I'm a writer, uh-huh. Jamie. Um, but anyway, so this, this summer, yeah, I sort of did some prep work back in the spring so that the summer could be a little bit more lazy. Um, so I have, I put up an autoresponder at the end of spring and sort of have that running. So people email me, they know that I got the email, but they won't necessarily expect a response. Um, we've got our, our Hope Writers membership site is closed to new members over the summer, though we're still serving our current members, which means that we're not having to do sort of a lot of marketing effort over the summer. So it's yeah. a little slower there. Um, and then I have some guest posters on the blog. I'm, I'm posting on my blog, but I also have some guest posters in who are phenomenal or still serving the reader, but then I'm not having to create new content every week. So those are a few things I'm doing. So it is definitely a little slower. I love that so much. So you mentioned the Hope Writers um, online community. Will you just tell us, I know because I listened to your podcast um, that I've already said how much I love and I'll probably say it 18 more times, but tell us what this community is. Yeah, so basically Hope Writers is a community, a membership site, community for writers. And it's anywhere from people who are like, I think maybe I might be possibly a writer to I've published three books and I'm I'm established, well-established author. So we have lots of range of experience. Um, but basically, we started this site that we wish we had five years ago. So it's me and my sister, and my dad, who also are authors. Dad just signed at age 63. He just signed his first book contract with Baker Ravel, which is super. I love it. I've heard I him know. say that several times. And I just, it's just, it's so cute. I don't know if that would offend him, but it's so fun and exciting to watch your dad do this well he has daughters so i think nothing would really (laughs) offend (laughs) but yeah so he had he has 30 years of radio experience he was actually a a dj on the radio for 30 years so that's actually what his profession was but he's now retired and doing the whole like when i retire i'm gonna write a book he's totally doing that so he has one perspective sort of like uh, you know different from what mine is where i've written four books and i'm in my 30s late 30s Mm -hmm. um and so i have sort of a different take and then my sister's written a book um as well and then we we also teamed up with our friend Brian Dixon, who has worked with lots of authors. He's a marketing guru. And so he sort of rounds us out um, in our team. And so the four of us have sort of just developed this um, this community of people who for one thing, we have this great, a great group. So like the people, we have this fi- private Facebook group, Jamie, and I go in there every day, even though I don't like Facebook, because these people are like so encouraging of one another and share resources and it's awesome. But we also have a library of um, training and encouragement and everything from like, here are 10 things you need to know before you ask for endorsements mm-hmm. to like, how do I start a blog? You know, so there's lots of range of information, lots of 
interviews and conversations with editors and, and established authors and how to write a book proposal. So we have a lot of different things in there. But the big thing is that we just recognize sort of a soul fatigue among writers, especially writers who write on the internet. And I really wanted to offer um, something to people who's, you know, your writing helps people and we want to help you. And so that's sort of the foundation of what we do there and just sort of keep writers writing, keep writers sane, because I really want to help people be in this business for the long haul. I love that so much. And as someone who has been writing on a blog for years and now I'm stepping into the publishing world, um, it's been such a help for me. And so I think this is just a phenomenal resource. Now, you said it's closed to new members now. When can people jump back in on that? So if you go to HopeWriters.com, you can sign up to be on the list to be the first to know when the doors open back up. So we don't have a we don't have a reopening date quite yet. It will be early fall. Perfect. So I'll put all of these links in the show notes so that you're not having to frantically write them down and fall off the treadmill or while you're <laughs> driving or whatever you're doing while you're listening. Um, and so you can go figure all that out. Okay. Are you ready to dive in some questions? Girl, I'm ready. All right, Emily. What is something that you read, watched, or heard that you cannot stop recommending to other people? You can do all of them or one. It's up to you. Okay. Well, I keep finding myself recommending this book that I read a few years ago. It's called Let Your Life Speak by Parker Palmer. Have Never, you read it? No, I haven't. Okay, well, it's really short. So that's a plus. If you're like, I'm a slow reader, it's super short. It's a tiny book. But one of my favorite quotes that he says in there, he says, before you tell your life what you intend to do with it, listen for what it intends to do with you. And I think it's so powerful because so many of us are like, I have to be this or do this or accomplish this. And we ignore the the gentle heartbeat of our own life. And so this book sort of helps you slow down and sort of press your ear against that heartbeat and see what your what does your life really want to be, which basically is what is your deepest desire and what might it look like if you began to live into that. So this mm-hmm. book is fantastic for anyone I, who wants to answer some of those deep life questions. I think I need that in my life right now. Like, I need like, it. Yeah. Well, I keep rereading it. Like I've read it and I keep rereading it, which is why it's top of mind. So I'm mm-hmm. recommending it all the time. Okay. Are you watching or listening to anything? You know, John and I, <laughs> John and I are such dorks and we like rewatch episodes of The Office basically every night. Like I think we've memorized all the old episodes of The Office. That makes me laugh. And I can see y'all on the couch cracking up every single time. Every time. Like same jokes. We could quote <laughs> them and we just keep on watching. So I, I'm i not necessarily recommending it because it's like old news, but that's what we do. So did you still like The Office after Michael Scott left? Um, eh, not really. In okay. fact, when we rewatch episodes, John will not allow us to watch the episodes after Michael Scott left. I felt like it was just different. Yeah, it was. It was. It, yeah, it was different. Speaking of rewatching, did you guys ever watch Lost? Oh, yeah, girl. My So my oldest is 12, and my husband decided that this summer they were going to watch the entire thing. Oh. And so I will come in every once in a while, and they'll be watching something, and I don't remember so much of it. It was so long. I mean, it was over – I feel like it was over a long amount of time, and there were so many episodes. And I'll watch something, I'm like, oh, I remember that. And then I get sucked in, and I sit down, and I've watched yeah. the whole episode. Do you know what's weird is I kind of forgot that show's kind of scary. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I keep telling Aaron, I'm like, okay, just be prepared. But so far, so good. I mean, they just started season two. Well, and I feel like I wasn't as like weirded out by it when I watched it the first time. But now I feel like in my old age, I'm getting scared <laughs> easier. Like, ooh, scary music. Right, right. <laughs> um, so that's what's happening at our house. Um, okay, Emily, how do you recharge? Oh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is I have to get alone. 
Mm. I feel like I love people, but to recharge, I have to be by myself. And so, and that could be even be by myself with people. Like I go to a yoga class and so there are other people in the room, but I don't have to talk to them. I see. Yeah. like <laughs> So that, that's important. That intimate, like just alone with yourself. Yeah. I just have to be alone. And then I feel re- re-energized afterwards. How does that work in marriage? Like does John understand that? Does he recharge differently? He definitely doesn't need as much alone time probably as I do. And we've had we've had arguments about that, not realizing that's what it was about. But then now I mean, we just celebrated 15 years this summer. And so we finally have realized like he's learned not to take that personally, which is such a gift because now I'll be like, okay, I need my personal space. He's like, okay, I'll see you later. And it right. works out. Yeah. But it did not start out that way years Aaron, ago. Aaron and I are like that as well, except we're the opposite. So he's oh. like you where he needs like to be alone. And I would be like, John, where years ago, I'd be like, I'm offended. Like, what? right. You don't want to be with me. Like, I'm your love. Right. And <laughs> now it gets to the point where I'm saying to him, you need to leave. Like, you need to go be alone <laughs> right. because That's when good. you come back, you're better. You know, right. and so I'm acknowledge- I can see that. And we have 15 years, too. I think it's just something that you kind of have to grow into where you realize someone saying, hey, I need to be alone doesn't mean I don't like you. Right. Right. Uh, are good. you and your sister different? she's probably even more extreme than I am in this. So she is, we're similar, but she's probably like, you know, needs to be alone more often and for longer periods of time. Yeah. (laughs) She needs her space. She needs her space. Yeah, she does. Um, What kind of technology are you loving that you can't live without? Like a a gap, a a gap. Oh, I love the gap. An app or a gadget, something like that. I love this. Okay. So it's kind of like old, old school ish, but kind of new to me is Voxer, which I kind of have a love hate relationship with a little bit. But the reason why I love it is because especially for the group, you can have a group. So like our Hope Writer team, for example, we used to like when we had to plan something, we would have to we tried Slack. We tried email. We tried, um, you know, Skyping, video stuff. We tried just getting together. They all live in Charlotte, and I'm about two hours north, so it was hard for me to get down there. But then we discovered Voxer and the group. We have planned this entire season of the Hope Writers podcast basically over the group chat on Voxer. So if it weren't for Voxer, I don't know that we would have anything. <laughs> we would have had to quit Hope Writers. That's hilarious. I was just with my friend Rachel Hollis this weekend and I was like, hey, you're on Voxer, right? And she's like, I've never heard of this. And I say the same thing you do that I have a love-hate relationship with it. Yeah. But I do love it. So I have some girlfriends in town and we're kind of in that stage of life where we don't see each other as much as we would want to. But we all started this Voxer group and we'll chat all day. And about like the craziest things like, hey, where should I go buy new panties? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that's kind of like what you would ask your girlfriend, but she just says it on Voxer. Right. It's great. You can really feel connected with people even if you're far away. That's what I love about it. I love it too. And I'm in like a little author's group and podcast. It's just fun. It's so fun. It's great. Um, Okay, Emily, what is a dream that you had for yourself when you were younger that never came true? Like You either had to let it go or just life said this isn't happening. Well, I have kind of two. One is I wanted to be a dancer. Like a ballet dancer? No, just a dancer. <laughs> like what? Like, I don't know. I don't like know. A, like a I, football games or what? <laughs> a salsa dancer? Like I, I just wanted to like be on a stage and be a dancer. I guess ballet could have been, but yeah. we had like, there was this dance studio in town when I was little and they did like jazz and contemporary and all these like cool dances. And I just didn't get in on that at the right age or something, but all my friends were a part of the studio and like they were so cool and they could like move so cool and I mean I was a cheerleader so I kind of like did that a little but it was a little more um 
stiff. Yeah. The cheer- <laughs> <laughs> just popping the arms out and stuff for the cheer. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was one. And the other one was when I was really little, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, mainly because I wanted to write on chalkboards and pass out papers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, use so a red pen, <laughs> right? Great people. <laughs> yes. So that didn't come true. But in some ways, I guess being an author and even speaking that there's that teacher part sort of comes out. So I don't know that I had to completely let that one go. That's true. Where does the dancer come out? Oh, I go to Zumba. <laughs> okay. See, there it is. I knew it would surface. <laughs> yeah, it had to. It's it so to, fun, yes. Jamie. Zumba. Oh, I was in dance when I was little too. And that cracks me up because I, I have no rhythm, zero rhythm. Like I just, <laughs> I can't handle it. So it makes me laugh that I even did that. But it's everybody awesome. else was. Yeah. Um, Emily, when you think of one of your, some of your best friends, what are some characteristics about them that make them so special to you? You know, I think we moved around a lot when I was younger, and so I would make friends, and then we'd have to move away, and I'd make friends, and we'd have to move away because, um, yeah, it's just dad's job. And so I think now I appreciate one thing. One of my closest friends lives a couple blocks away, so just the proximity is such a gift. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can – she's my person, so – she gets the everything. She gets like, I just poke my finger in my eye by accident text, you know, like <laughs> right. uh-huh, cry face emoji. And then also like the most serious things happening in my life. And so her complete lack of like being judgmental is such a gift because I can be, you, you know, those people that you can just kind of say anything yeah. to. I just think we all need a couple of those women in our lives. And I'm so thankful that I have that. How long have you known her? Let's see. Um, Kendra is the friend I'm talking about now, and she and I have been friends probably only since maybe about nine or 10 years now. Okay, that's a long time. Long, maybe nine years. Yeah. Maybe eight years. Math is hard. It, it is, especially <laughs> in the summer. It summer is. math is even harder. So it yes, is. you're right. Um, I love that. And I think I was thinking when you were saying that, I was like, I think all of us women, we really desire like a person like that. Yeah. And I think when you find them, like, you know, like this is that for person for me. Yeah. And you know that it's rare because it's Mm. not always, you don't always get that. And the thing too that I love about Kendra in particular is that she's like my girlfriend and my person, but she's also a like what I call a boss lady friend. So she's like, she's my friend. But then we also have really similar, like she loves to write and she's super funny. And so she has a blog and she's a podcast. And so we can talk equally. Sometimes we'll get together. We're like, okay, boss lady meeting and we'll talk about work stuff. And so we can ask each other questions and give each other ideas. And so that's super rare to have someone who's like both, you know, my family and we eat dinner together with our people and know about my work. It's so true. Such a gift. Yeah. I feel like sometimes as people who do stuff on the interwebs um, that our work can it's not it's kind of rare to see those crossover into our relationships if that makes sense makes perfect sense because like, our, like our people our, in our real life people yeah like our real life people are like so you do you do what <laughs> right. you get paid for now what isn't that you uh-huh. have a blog mm-hmm. how do you spell that you know <laughs> and you love them but they don't oh, understand. You love them. and then you know i'm i'm the one that walks around putting people's podcasts on their phone i'm they're like how do i do this i'm like give me your phone i got it right, i got it right. uh, you're in so oh, i love it i love good. it um what's some of the best advice you ever received Oh, man, that one's so hard. But the first thing that comes to mind is the summer of 2000 was the summer before I got engaged. And I had this mentor, counselor, person in my life who walked really closely with me just through some like junk. You know how you do when you're like early 20s and you just got stuff you got to work through. Mm -hmm. And so we were sort of working through some of these things. And what rose to the surface, as always happens, is that I just realized I had all these like really 
gross coping strategies just mm-hmm. to make life work, mm-hmm. mainly having to do with like performing for my own acceptance and really caring what people think about me and all this kind of stuff that we all sort of go through in one way or another. And I will never forget in the very moment when I was at my lowest of realizing like, I am a mess. Like this, this life that I have, a constr- have constructed is even real. Like, am I even a real person? Um, I will never forget that he said to me, this may be how you cope, but this is not who you are. And so that moment that he said that to me was such a giant step for me in unlocking the importance of understanding that my behavior does not determine my identity and that my identity is secure whether or not I act like it. And so sort of separating those two things was so pivotal for me in my life with Christ, in my life with, in my relationships and my friendships and my future, like John and I got engaged a couple months later. And so just recognizing like, oh, my behavior is one thing, but my identity is secure. That is so good, man. I'm thinking about that even with parenting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, so my kid is acting a fool today, but it, and I, and you know, we have kids through adoption as well. And that never, or if they feel these ways, it never changes their identity as to who they are. That's right. Um, and I love that. I'm going to be thinking about that forever. I love that your friend said that. I I do too. I'm so thankful for that conversation. <laughs> mm. And I think that's a big thing. I mean, we know this. I'm I'm speaking to the choir here with all the women listening is that as women, we can sometimes feel that our behavior becomes our identity. Absolutely. In and every area. So hopeless. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like if you fail or don't perform well or the results didn't turn out as you hoped, then outcomes start to de- determine like who you are. You feel that way. Mm. And putting it backwards and recognizing like that is just not the case is so freeing. I think that would be when I, you have girls and I have a daughter, like thinking of raising a daughter who can grasp that at an early age, you know, maybe even before she's 20 or at, I think 20 is early. Like, I'm glad that you heard that then, you know, yeah. um, raising daughters who can understand that. I think that would be a, a really big success for me. I think so too. Yeah. Um, speaking of success, what is one thing that you do that you think is directly tied to your success? That's such a great question, and maybe my answer will change tomorrow, but I feel Mm. like one thing that I am learning, I mean, actively today learning, is the importance of working at my own pace and trusting the creative process. Mm. Whenever I feel like, um, when my art begins to feel like a race, like I have to compete or keep up, it just suffers, and everything I do falls flat. But when I start to embrace um, my own pace then I feel like I'm, I'm listening to my own life. I'm, I'm walking to my own rhythm as I depend on Christ. And I'm recognizing that, oh, th- this, I can show up as myself and offer what I have in my hands alone. Like it doesn't have to be compared to what someone else is offering mm. or at the pace that someone else says is quote unquote acceptable. And so I feel like that is really grounding for me is embracing my own pace and recognizing there's not just one right way to success. That is so wonderful. Practically, how do you play that out in a, in a such a fast paced world that's always demanding things from you? It's really hard. And it feels like such a deep work. It's such a part of my daily spiritual formation Mm -hmm. um, is reminding myself of that. Your pace is your pace. And, and then it, it frees me up to sort of cheer other people on. And sometimes it means I have to like quit scrolling Instagram and seeing mm. all the things that everybody's launching. <laughs> right. Especially this summer when like I've chosen to go slow, not slow. just slow, summer slow, but like even slower than normal. Mm. And, and that can be hard when you see things keep rolling on. But I just, 
I'm a better artist, a better writer, a better friend when I go slower and I just have to embrace and celebrate that. And sometimes it looks like just choosing my absence from things, either that be on the internet or certain conversations, um, or if that means just uh, lovingly ignoring <laughs> mm-hmm. some things that are happening out there um, and then cheering other people on because you recognize yeah. like they're doing something now. But then I think sometimes we like have a an idea of a person on the internet and we just mesh all of our everyone together like, oh, this the, everyone's doing so much. But really, it's like 10 different people right. that you're looking at and they're each doing one thing. But it feels <laughs> right. like they're doing 10 things, but they're really not. That's really not true. It feels like the world is going on without you. Everyone's yeah doing everything I think something you said too that made me think about is just like just acknowledging that and I think that if you're feeling that because some people may be feeling like this is a season of go and some people it's a season of slow but what I hear from you is you're like I'm acknowledging what's working best for me and then just acknowledging it and then I love what you said too like you remind yourself every day I do. I have to remind myself every day and, and it requires silence, which is really hard. But for me, silence is like, um, it's, it's like a decluttering of the soul. You know, we do that in our house all the time. We get mm-hmm. rid of stuff that's in the house that we don't need. But when do we get rid of stuff that's hanging out in our soul that we don't need? Never, never, or hardly ever. And so that's what silence is for me is just sort of letting the day kind of wash over and recognizing what am I holding on to that I no longer need and letting those things gently go. Oh, we could talk about that on a whole happy hour. We could, girl. Yeah, we could. Okay, but instead, I want to hear what's a pet peeve that you have. Oh, I have. I I look forward to this question every time. (laughs) I have so many; it's embarrassing. Okay, well, give us your give us your top three if you want, or whatever you want. Okay, okay. Number one: when people eat cake with a spoon. Okay, wait, stop! I need a moment. I've never heard this. When you go to okay, when you go to a restaurant Uh and you order, you order not ice cream and you order not soup, (laughs) but they give you food, food. With a spoon because they think, oh, this like, for example, dessert, they always think they bring out the spoon for dessert. Yes, you're right. Never minding what the dessert is. But like, what if I ordered cake? What if I ordered pie? I want to eat that with a fork. Thank you very much. That is. Do you ask for a fork? Thank you very yes. much. Yes. Sometimes I <laughs> hold my fork back when they take all the food. Because you know what's I, coming. <laughs> I know what's coming. I have been around the block. I'm not eating my cake with a spoon. Not today. Oh, ma'am. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. I will think of you every time I eat cake and they bring me a spoon. And they bring you a spoon. You might even have to ask for a fork once you start getting grossed <laughs> yes, out. I will. Disgusting. Yes, I will. Any more pet peeves? Yeah, I don't like (laughs) – this one's weird. I don't like walking on um, like a wooden deck with my bare feet. Oh, that's not weird to me because I don't like walking barefoot. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I just – if I could wear shoes or socks all the time, that would be my preference. Me too. In fact, we tried to instill like the no shoes in the house thing and I I can't. I can't be barefoot. It's just – it's unsettling. (laughs) Do you like walking in grass barefoot? I don't love it, I mean, okay. but I like it better than a wooden deck yeah. or like, like a dock at a, at a lake. Ugh. Oh, it's like Locks rubbing your hand on something. Oh, like, it's the yeah. worst. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Any more pet peeves? Because these are good. I mean, the word hubby, I'm not a fan of. Oh, like this is my hubby? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, it just doesn't, it, it's just not right. Oh my gosh. I've said that before, so I'm sorry if I've gotten yeah, under your skin ever. Okay. And you know, some people that's like an endearing term for their right. person. And, and right. I totally respect that, but I just won't use it personally myself. Here's what I love about pet peeves. Pet peeves <laughs> are these things that everyone who has pet peeves knows the ridiculousness of them. Right. Like that's what makes them a pet peeve, right? 
Right. Like, you know, it, it would be ridiculous for you to throw a fit over having a spoon <laughs> instead of a fork. Totally ridiculous. But it's just your thing. But it's just my thing. Yeah. And it's been that way for ever. Like, I can't remember a time when I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally chill eating my cake with a spoon. <laughs> That's never been true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And what I also love about pet peeves is a lot of times we pass them on to our children. Like, I bet your kids have never eaten cake at home with a spoon. Well, I don't give them a spoon. That's so <laughs> not even an option. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. Last question. Are you ready? I, I'm ready. What is something that you're just kind of struggling with these days? Like not serious struggle, like loving my neighbor, but like for me, I'm really struggling to just comb my hair in the summer. Like I just get out of the shower and it just goes in a bun. Like yeah. when I finally do comb it, it's going to be like bad. Right. Right. What's so you something you're struggling with these days? Well, let me tell you my, so my girls are 12 and a half now mm -hmm. and it's summer and these children never go to bed. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're so right. I want grown up time. <laughs> this is so true. There's no more grown up time. Where is the like what to expect when you have middle schoolers book? Because I, I guess I knew they would stay up later as they got older, but like I always, you know, they used to go to bed at 6.30 when they yes. were- Yes, and then you sat on the couch and watched The Office for five hours. All night, and you have like date nights, yes. and you, you have ice cream, and it's like every night is so fun, and now <laughs> it's 10 o'clock, and I'm going to bed, you know? Emily, Aaron and I had this exact conversation last night. He looked at me, and he said, like, it's over. Like, we it's don't over. ever have a night together alone. Yeah. Like we're now telling our kids, you have to go upstairs and watch TV because we're watching a movie down here. <laughs> That's what we have to do. Like, don't come read. down. We might be kissing. Like just don't. Oh. Yeah. John told Luke the other day, like, y'all are not allowed to come down. Like, do not come downstairs. He was so traumatized. He was like, but what if I'm thirsty? <laughs> like, oh, so, my gosh. So, like, okay, fine. If it's an emergency, you can come down. <laughs> it but is so that. true. <laughs> um, Caden goes to bed later than me almost every night. Oh my gosh. And he sleeps till, I think he might still be asleep. It's 11 o'clock. Like that's what's happening too. Jamie, what are we going to do? Like, when are we going to be grown ups again? It's just too much. <laughs> oh my gracious. And then like all of my kids are kind of sleeping in these days. And then we went off and got a puppy. Oh no. <laughs> and so I'm up at 6am every day in the summer. What the right. heck? Of course. Because it's like I have a baby in my house again. Right. Yeah. They need to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> but at least I can put this baby in a cage. Like, right. you know, like. And not get arrested. And not get arrested. It's appropriate. So yeah. that's what it's we're good. doing. That's good. Oh, uh, well, Emily, thank you in your slow summer for joining me on the Happy Half Hour. It's, it's been, been so my fun. Pleasure. So fun. And again, like I said, if you love Emily and you want to listen to her other show, you were, she was episode 51. So go back and listen to that. And if you missed last week, it was Catherine Wolf, which have you read her book, Emily? Do you know who I'm talking about? Catherine what's her, Wolf? What's her book called? Hope Heals. No, but I've heard about this book. My sister loved her book. Yeah, it's fabulous. She suffered a stroke uh, probably eight years ago, and it's just a great book, and she was a really, really, really fun guest. So that was a super fun show. And then next week, my guest is Kate Braun, and she was super fun, and we got to talk about um, just like appropriate language. She was born um, with dwarfism, and so that's next week, and we get to chat about that. So, so good. You're going to want to come back for the happy hour. So it's been fabulous chatting with you. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, Jamie.
You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com.